Good morning or good afternoon, depending on what the time of day is by you right now as you listen to this podcast. My name's Sebastian. I'm going to be the host of this podcast called Bleeding in Blue and Orange, where basically I'm just going to be talking about the Knicks, talk about any upcoming matchups that they may have, talk about previous games, talk about game recaps, give my thoughts on some games, give my thoughts about how the season's going, how the team is doing, talk about any free agency rumors, any trade rumors, and to really build a community for Knicks fans to come and, you know, we could talk together about the Knicks and keep a bunch of Knicks fans in the loop of what's going on in the season whenever they may not have time to watch all the games. And yeah, this is basically what this podcast is going to be about. And I'm just going to go straight into it and start off today talking about the Knicks, how they started the season so far. Right now, they're they're very good right now. They've won five of the last six games, the Knicks. They just came off a back-to-back win on back-to-back days. It was the first time they'd done this season. They faced, who was it? Um, I can't remember on top of my head right now. Now They faced the Wizards and the Hornets. Their Wizards was on Friday, and that was their in-season tournament. They got their first win of the in-season tournament so far, barring that was their only second game in the tournament. And then the next day on Saturday, they had to travel from D.C. to Charlotte to face the Hornets, and they got that win. In both games, the offense is looking great. They scored 120 points against the Wizards, 122 against the Hornets, which is great, especially on those that 24-hour turnaround period that the Knicks had been getting. And that was my biggest question. I wanted to see how the Knicks would respond because they already had like 24-hour turnarounds where they had to travel to different states earlier in the season. And you can see it's been taking a toll on the team to start off the year. In the beginning of the year, they um, faced the Hawks in Atlanta on a Friday. And they beat the Hawks. It was a great win. And they scored 126 points against the Hawks. And then the next day, they had to travel to New Orleans. Um, and they faced the Pelicans, and the offense was just dead. There, there was no, there was not enough energy. They already put all the energy in the, the game the night before to beat the Hawks, and they just put up a dud, eighty-seven points that day. It was a single-digit game. They only lost by nine points, but anyone that watched that game, it, it wasn't really that close um, throughout the game. The score, the final score, wasn't really a good judgment of how competitive that game was. Really, the Pelicans had full control of the game. And the Knicks were barely in it, in my opinion. But and then after that, then they went to Cleveland and they beat Cleveland the first day. And then the very next day, they had to travel from Cleveland to MSG and face the Cavs again. And they lost the next game. And, you know, that's when I immediately saw, like, all right, maybe the 24 turnaround isn't looking pretty for the Knicks. It looks like they really can't overcome that little hurdle they have. Just finding that rhythm and that offense again the next day. Because in that second game, they put up 89 points against Cleveland at MSG. Defense or the offense once again put up a dud. So what? That's eighty-seven against the Pelicans and eighty-nine against the Cavs at MSG so far in those twenty-four hour turnaround. And after that, what was the next one they had? I know they had another twenty-four hour. Oh, it was um the Hornets. They faced them Sunday night or Sunday morning, um at MSG, and they scored one hundred twenty-nine points again. Offense, you know, consistency. They're playing great. They could put up 120. And the day the game before, they put 126 against the Cavs. And then the next day, they had to face Boston. And they were in it against Boston. It was competitive up until the fourth quarter. And Boston just ran away with that game. And the Knicks only put up 98 points. They just, you know, they couldn't once again get to triple digits. And, um, and that's why I was excited to see how these last two games would go. Because they were both against, you know, 
favorable opponents for the Knicks. The Wizards and Hornets are struggling so far to start this year. And I knew that the Knicks were capable of winning these back-to-back games. But seeing what we saw so far in that second game on the 24-hour turnaround for the Knicks, that their offense fails to live up, I wanted to see if they could do it this time. And it didn't disappoint. Lately, right now, the offense is on fire. Like I said, they won five of the last six games. And Jalen Brunson is finally finding his shot again. He's getting confidence shooting that three. He's getting confidence getting in the paint, hitting those, those mid-range faders on players. Julius Randle's feeling more confident. I feel like in the beginning of the year, he was shooting horrendously. Terrible. All-time worst numbers we've seen in like modern NBA era. And all Knicks fans are like rightfully worked livid with his performance but now it looks like he's got his confidence back and what i've been noticing which is a lot what wolf Frazier says on the msg prod- broadcast for knicks fans to do listen and watch like that um he's not second guessing himself now to start off the year you can see he was second guessing himself when he found an open three since the shots weren't falling in already to start the year he's like oh maybe i shouldn't take this Maybe I should drive. Or even when he drives, he second guesses himself. Like, oh, I don't like this. I might get in the double team. I'm going to swing it out or I'm going to force this up. You can see he's like hesitant to shoot to start the year. But lately, it just looks like he's letting it fly. Like he sees something, he likes it. Rather than thinking so much about it, he just lets his instincts kick in. And it seems like that's what's working better for him right now for this team. Now, to say if that's, you know, the best approach to the game of basketball, it's really just, you know, all personal preference, how players are understanding their own game. And it seems like Randall right now, it's better just trusting off on his first instinct of what he sees on offensive plays. And that's what's working for him. He's not putting up, you know, crazy numbers. Sometimes like he does in the previous regular season, we puts up like 24, 12 and four, something like that. But he's getting the job done. He's doing his part to contribute to Knicks wins. And that's what the Knicks need. I think, especially with RJ Barrett, how good he started off the year uh before the injury and now he's he just came back from the injury first came back was um the other day against the hornets he struggled a little bit but you know once he gets back in the rhythm again i think he'll fare right win with the offense but i think the best case scenario for the knicks this year is if they maintain with jalen brunson shooting well like he is right now which i think right now he has one of the best three-point percentage in the entire league um but if he continues as being the number one option for the Knicks, RJ Barrett is the consistent number two option option for the Knicks, and Randall stays as a number three option. Where you know the occasional bucket we need him for, it's put up a silent nineteen points, twenty points a game. That's the best approach for the Knicks season this year, and that's what I think is where they will get their peak um, performance from this team. They'll maximize whatever they can this year with this approach, but. I put an emphasis on consistent uh, for R.J. Barrett because throughout his career, I'm sure us Knicks fans know he's not he's a very streaky shooter. He's not very consistent on back-to-back games. He's always like, you'll see him put up 25. You have a great performance. The talent is there. You can see it. But the next day, it's just a shot's not falling in. He's just not feeling confident. He shoots like a 5 for 20, and he puts up like 12 points or something like that. And to start the year, I saw consistency for the from RJ. Although it was a small, you know, um, workload, small uh, sample size we got, 
I saw improvements, and I've been hearing a lot of things in the offseason, especially from J.J. Reddick and people around him, his trainer, saying that R.J. is going to take a leap this year. He's feeling more confident. He feels like he understands his shot a bit more. He knows what he needs to do in this Knicks offense, and I think we were seeing that before the injury. Now, this injury and the migraine issue he had is going to take him a few games to get back in the rhythm and find his place in the offense again, especially with team the team now knocking down shots and knocking down three-pointers. Um, but when that does click, I think we right now aren't seeing the best Knicks version we can. And I could just be optimistic thinking, just me being a Knicks fan, just thinking the Knicks can be better than what they are right now when this, you know, very impressive uh, last seven games they've been playing. But... I think there's potential in this team to be a top four team in the East, potentially even a top three, depending how things go down in Philly and everything like that. Um, but yeah. And another uh, key thing I want to be talking about too is the offensive rebounding for this team. Going to that Cleveland series last year, I knew the best way for the Knicks to win that series convincingly would be on the offensive rebounding side of the ball. Against Cavs, my biggest concern was Jared Allen and Evan Mobley. Those are two big guys in their starting lineup that they had that could rebound the ball. And out. And my fear was the Knicks weren't able to grab those boards over them. And if the Cavs prevent us from getting second chances, we wouldn't have a chance against them. But we all saw how that playoff series went. The Knicks just dominated Mobley and Allen. They they was just canceled out. They had they couldn't they had no answer for Mitchell Robinson. Even Hornstein coming off the bench, they really couldn't compete with his energy and his hustle for the boards. And the Knicks just dominated that series because of their offensive rebounding, in my opinion. And to start the season, these games that the Knicks have lost, like close games against the Bucks, against the Cavs at home, even their opening the game against the Celtics, they've been in these games because of offensive rebounding. And in games that they're they're shooting lights out, like scoring 120, it's because of offensive rebounding. I believe right now the Knicks are statistically like the best offensive rebounding team in the entire league. They they're not as great on the defensive rebounding side, but you know. They're making it up by getting like 11 offensive rebounds a game or something like that. Mitchell Robinson himself is averaging more offensive rebounds than half the NBA, I'm pretty sure, at this point. And the Knicks don't give up a lot of rebounds as well. They are, they're going to dominate on the rebounding side of the ball, and they're not going to let up. They're going to get more second chances than their opposing team, and that's going to put them at an advantage. And to obviously to start the year, how poorly the team is shooting, no matter the second chances they got, they still could have knocked down the shots. But now the shoot, the team is shooting well. DiVincenzo just had was lights out. It looked like Steph Curry for us the other the last game against the Hornets, and he had a breakout game. I don't think we're gonna see that on a consistent basis from the DiVincenzo, mainly because I don't think he's not that I don't think he's capable of doing it. But we haven't seen it, and on top of that, we don't. We aren't asking that for him every day. And that's what the beauty of this Knicks team, I believe, is that we have guys that can shoot, but we don't need them to put up like 15 or 10 points a game for us every game. But we know on days that someone's not having their best day, like quickly wasn't having his best day against the Hornets, and Divas Tenjo was able to uh, to carry that weight that they were missing from quickly. And... Say it goes the other way around. DiVincenzo isn't having a great day. Quickly can step up and make up for those points. And say both those guys aren't having the best day. We saw Quinn and Grimes and Josh Hart that are capable of stepping up and scoring 10, 15 plus 
points for us if we need them to. And that's before, you know, Ganny right now looks like a guaranteed 24 from Brunson every game and a guarantee at least like 17 or 15 points from Randall and another guaranteed 15 or 17 from RJ. And that puts us at a great advantage, especially with Mitchell Robinson. In my opinion, Mitchell Robinson has to be a top three center in the NBA right now with how dominant he is on the offensive side of the rebound. And if anyone that knows me and been listening to me, what I've been saying, people around me, I've always been saying since like halfway through last year, Mitchell Robinson is probably our second most important player on the team. And I'm borderline pushing, put saying that he's our most important player on the team this year. And it's not really me saying that he's, he's a better player than Jalen Brunson. I just think his role for the team is so crucial that we can't win without him. Like we can win. I well, it's hard to say because I don't. I don't think we can win without Brunson. You know, having at least fifteen points for us. Like if he's shooting terribly one day and just only puts up ten, like I don't like our chances. But I know we can win, even though our chances aren't great. I know we're capable because we have a lot of good scores on the team. But Robinson. And his offensive rebounding, we can't. And I don't think, no matter what, we can't win like against top teams without that part of the game from him. And that's why I'm starting to think he's probably our most important player. He's just, he gets everything going for the Knicks. He's just, his energy, his tenacity, his drive for attacking the boards and just hustling all over the place, throwing himself on the floor for loose balls. Even on the defensive side, he does pick up a lot of guys. He plays very good defense. Uh, I just think he's the heart and soul of the team. Uh, he brings a lot of like 90s vibes from the Knicks for, for anyone that was alive watching them back then. From what I've, what I've seen the highlights and what I've heard about the 90s era, what I've read about the Knicks, it just seems like Mitchell Robinson brings that energy for this current and modern NBA Knicks. And uh, I just think it's invaluable what he brings to the team. And they need that every, every day. And if he keeps it up like this, I think the Knicks will go very far. I wouldn't say very far in the playoffs because we just don't know how other teams are. But I think they'll have another playoff push. I think we'll see another second, maybe even a conference finals appearance. Um, but yeah, I think he's that good. And I think he's that important. And I really love what I've been seeing from him this year. And yeah, but I, I like this next matchup coming up for tonight against the Timberwolves. Uh, we're going to see Rudy Gobert, Carlton Towns in Minnesota. And the Timberwolves are not a very good offensive rebounding team, but they are a pretty good defensive rebounding team, especially with those two big guys. So it's going to be a good testament to see where the Knicks are at because the Timberwolves are a very good team right now to start of the season. They're on fire. Anthony Edwards is lights out. He's taken over that franchise. And it's a good way to measure how good the Knicks are right now, especially with RJ coming back. Um, Quentin Grimes is out. Uh, so that is a big hit for the Knicks because he's one of our best on-ball defender, our best wing defender, and he's, in our, he's our starting shooting guard. However, like I said, I think this team is is deep and not I wouldn't say super deep, but we have enough um enough depth in our bench where we have guys that can step up so we we don't miss a Quinn and Grimes as much. And yeah, I, I'm just excited to see how Mitchell Robinson does against Rudy Gobert and Carnegie Towns. If he continues to put up like 10 offensive rebounds, crazy numbers like that, then you know what I'm saying about Mitchell Robinson is right. He's he's that great. He's amazing and 
the Knicks are going to have to ride off him. And he's basically going to have to be like the Knicks version of Bam is for Miami. And yeah, uh, I'm so excited for the game against Monday. Uh, against the Timberwolves today, Monday. And yeah, I mean, really more is there to talk about, at least for today. I don't want to go crazy into it. You know, save this for future episodes. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, it's RJ Barrett's second game back too. Um, after missing what three, four games, I don't really remember the top of my head, but he missed some games. So to see if he gets back in the rhythm. He shot five for fifteen, I believe, against the Hornets. Let's see how he does against the T Wolves tonight. And uh, Julius Randle, if he can keep it up, I mean, it's just crazy how it kind of his approach and his demeanor has changed that quickly. Because I remember against the Bucks in that playing game, we were in it. Jalen Brunson hit a big three for us to give us the lead uh, when there was about like two minutes or even a minute left in the game. And Randall's like just slacking demeanor, just his uninterestedness in being in game and competing and uh, fighting on the defensive side of the ball is so toxic and gets my blood boiling. I was ready to yell on, a, you know, on. Broadway and in New York City in front of MSG to get Julius Randle out of New York. But then I don't know where he's hustling. He's playing smart basketball now. His shots are falling down and he's now not getting in the way of the Knicks and he's actually play. He's at least hustling a bit more on defense. He's still not a great defender. He never was and I don't think he ever will be because you know we just haven't seen it. It's just not in his DNA. But he can be a good enough defender where he's not just a traffic cone for us. And that's that's the frustrating part about Randall, and I feel like every Knicks fan agree is that we've seen him at his best and what he's capable of doing, but we also see him at his worst, and it's just like a roller coaster ride for us. It, it just doesn't make sense when it, when it happens and it doesn't happen, and uh, like no matter how good he does this regular season, we gotta see in the playoffs. We made two playoffs runs with him, and he has been extremely disappointing for us in both playoff runs. So, I mean, right now, since we're, you know, season just started, all we can do is talk about his, you know, regular season performance. And when it comes to playoff time, if the Knicks make it, which I think they will this year, you know, that's when we'll have a better understanding if Randall really, you know, should stay with the Knicks or not. Um, but, yeah, that's a lot of, like, you know, talking way ahead of time. You know, really, the main talk should be how the season's starting right now. I really like it. We're we're playing really great. When our offense is clicking, we score 120 points, which we are very capable of. But we've had a lot of we have a few dubs so far, or a few duds so far, where we put up 87, 90 points. And I think that was more of scheduling rather than the Knicks, because it's hard for a player for the team to be in one state playing a game of basketball they win and then they have to win in a 24-hour span travel to another city another state and then play the same game of basketball against a different team it's just hard if the teams are tired it's you know not easy with the times with the traveling on the plane maybe even the time zone difference depending where they're going it's just not an easy thing to do so i don't think that was a good measuring stick we had for the knicks and their offense because in my opinion, that was more of the scheduling effect rather than the Knicks like offense. Um, but 
yeah, now this is the schedule is getting a little nicer for us right now. We have a few more days off. We had, um, you know, days off in between games. That's what this team needs. And we've been tested so far at the beginning of the year. So if, you know, we're going to have more 24-hour turnarounds in the future in the season. And when that does happen, at least this team knows, like, we've been through it already start of the season and we know what needs to be done. And they're capable of, you know, having two great performances back-to-back nights as you just did right now. And, yeah. I think they just got to keep building off what they have right now. Stay consistent. Stay hot. Do what's working for them as to keep the confidence up. And I think if they win tonight, then they're going to keep going and going and going. I don't think they're going to win every game because, you know, I don't think we're that good. But, you know, to keep the confidence going, that's just the main thing. One game at a time and see how things go, what the right approach, any moves we have to make later on in the season. But so far, you know, they're on fire right now. It looks like it could be a very promising year based on how these last six games have been going. And yeah, that's all we can really do. Just take what we have right now and just see how, how these future games uh, pan out. See how we do if we keep up this consistent shooting. Uh, yeah, that's all I really I want to talk about for today. Uh, I don't know how often I'm going to be releasing these podcasts. Kind of just depends. Um, I would like to try to do it at least once a week. Uh, Best case scenario will be twice a week. I think Mondays are a good day, most likely. So the next episode most likely will be uh, released next Monday. Uh, you know, just trying to build a community, see how people react and hear their opinions on stuff and just, you know, have a space where us Knicks fans can come together and just talk about the Knicks, really. That's my main approach. So until next time, uh, see you guys then.